there's a new class of blockbuster drugs. Drugs like Ozempic. They're changing bodies. And all of a sudden, just the weight starts falling off. Fortunes. It just got too expensive. They're just bank breakers. And industries. There was a lot of excitement. There was a lot of skepticism. The impact of these drugs from business to health is just beginning. From the journal, Trillion Dollar Shot. Find it in the journal feed wherever you get your podcasts. In a city that longs for the next big thing, Frank Inn had an eye for talent. He didn't just spot charisma or good looks. Any amateur could throw a stick on a sunny day in Los Angeles and find that. Frank had a way of locking on to true stars. Pros who directors love, who made lifelong friends with their fellow performers. Sure, some of his clients were pigs, even more were cool cats, but they had one thing in common. They all listened to Frank. Still, even this Hollywood veteran was taken aback by what he discovered in 1960. The performer was just a child, unwanted, unloved, homeless, no pedigree, but there was something about him. And if Frank hadn't plucked the little guy from a shelter, the history of Tinseltown would have been changed forever. The world would have been deprived of the electric talent of Higgins, a shaggy brown dog who nobody had ever heard of, went on to become a franchise favorite. Higgins was better known as Benji. Welcome to Dog Tales, a podcast original. Every week, we tell the stories of historic, heroic canines. We'll profile dogs who saved people from earthquakes, went to outer space, and even spurred the invention of Velcro. If you're looking for fun stories and a warm heart, you're barking up the right tree. I'm your host, Alastair. You can find episodes of Dog Tales and all other podcast originals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. To stream Dogtales for free on Spotify, just open the app and type Dogtales in the search bar. This week, we're telling the story of Higgins, a charismatic miniature poodle, cocker spaniel, and schnauzer mix. The shelter pup found success on TV in the 1960s. Then he rocketed to superstardom playing the titular character in the 1974 blockbuster Benji. And he owed it all to the man behind the dog, animal trainer Frank Inn. Because when it comes to making it in Hollywood, every dog needs his people. In 1960, Frank Inn had been training animals for more than 20 years. He knew what he was doing. He'd been at it most of his life. He had a way with animals and that helped him find a way into show business. As a young man, Frank worked at a stable in Culver City, California. One day, a horse ran away with a rider still on it. Frank managed to grab the reins. He calmed the animal, keeping it from galloping onto a busy highway. The frightened rider just happened to be an executive at a big Hollywood studio. He offered Frank a job as a street sweeper working on the MGM lot. Frank didn't know it at the time, but he owed his career to that jittery horse. Of course, as they say in the movie business, Success is never about one lucky break. You need 50 or 60. But Frank's next break didn't seem very lucky at the time. 
In the 1930s, he was injured in a car wreck. Frank was hurt so badly he was pronounced dead and sent to the morgue. He was only saved when a group of embalming students started working on him and noticed he still had a faint heartbeat. Needless to say, Frank was not in a good place. While Frank recovered, a friend gave him a dog to keep him company. Frank named him Jeep. The dog was a great comfort during dark times. He was always ready to cuddle on Frank's lap or lick his face when the man felt down. One day, while leaning in to pet Jeep, Frank almost fell over in his wheelchair. He held out his hand to steady himself and the dog barked. Intrigued by the reaction, Frank lifted his hand again. And once more, Jeep barked. Frank realized that he could get Jeep to speak just by lifting his hand. It was the first time he'd ever trained an animal, and it was completely by accident. By the end of his convalescence, Frank had taught Jeep to bring him his keys and the morning newspaper. Jeep was smart and eager to please, but Frank noticed that he responded better to some commands than others. When Frank was strict, Jeep seemed slow to pick up new tricks. But when Frank spoke to Jeep with love and affection, his student thrived. Frank realized that discipline wasn't the most important factor when training a dog. It was togetherness. He later explained, The smartest dog in the world isn't going to do tricks if somebody doesn't teach him. But the smartest man in the world, if he doesn't live with the animal and love the animal, is not going to be able to train him. Frank had plenty of love for the dog and more time than he knew what to do with. He taught Jeep increasingly complicated tricks. He dreamed of giving his pooch a moment in the spotlight. The dog had certainly earned stardom. He just needed opportunity to knock. One day, after his recovery, Frank found himself sweeping a movie set on the MGM lot. He watched as a legendary animal trainer tried to get a dog to perform. The trainer needed the pup to climb a set of stairs, jump on a bed, and poke its head out of the covers. But the dog wasn't having it. So, in another instance of right place, right time, Frank told the director he knew a dog who was up to the challenge. Enter Jeep, who did exactly as Frank asked. The animal trainer was bowled over. Rather than be upset or jealous that Frank had waltzed in and done his job for him, the trainer was thrilled to see the job well done. He assured Frank they'd keep in touch. From there, Frank was on his way to a brand new career. That's how it happens in the magic factory. A few little sparks ignite an explosion. The offers started rolling in for Frank to train dogs for the pictures. His first success was on a film series based on the 1930s comic strip Blondie, featuring then-unknowns Rita Hayworth and Lloyd Bridges. Impressed by Frank's work, the trainer from MGM introduced him to the creme de la creme of animal training families. Frank and Rudd Weatherwax were a pair of brothers who were already renowned for training high-profile movie dogs. Frank Inn assisted the grizzled Frank Weatherwax with a little black terrier named Toto on The Wizard of Oz. And apparently, the newbie made a big impression. Rudd quickly hired In to help supervise a regal-looking collie named Pal, otherwise known as Lassie. 
pals starred in a popular series of films and TV shows centered around the heroic Lassie. In 1943, Frank was part of Pal's posse, even accompanying him in a boxcar in his debut film, Lassie Come Home. It was a high-profile assignment for the young trainer, but Frank had a natural feel for animals. His daughter explained, he had an almost telepathic communication. He could tell them to do things just by talking to them like a human. It was almost eerie. The studio bigwigs agreed, and the jobs kept rolling in. After working under some of the most sought-after trainers in the industry, Frank started his own business. In 1951, he trained a little tabby named Orangey for the classic film Rhubarb, about a cat who inherits a baseball team. Orangey then appeared in a small forgotten movie called Breakfast at Tiffany's. For their work, Frank and Orangey won two Picture Animal Top Star of the Year, or Patsy, awards from the American Humane Society. To this day, it's the only time a cat has won the honor twice. More high-profile opportunities followed. Frank trained a wisecracking basset hound named Bernadette on a 1950s TV show called People's Choice. He taught a female piglet to play the piano. He built up a veritable stable of animals who booked part after part. By the end of the decade, every director wanted to be in business with the savvy trainer. In 1960, Frank had come a long way from chasing horses off the freeway. The one-time studio street cleaner was now a sought-after animal mover and shaker, the brain behind the beasts. So when Frank's phone rang and a voice on the other end said, Mr. Inn, there's a dog you need to see. Frank jumped in a car with his wife, Juanita, to visit the puppy the caller had described. The stray lived at the Burbank Animal Shelter. He was small, brown and fuzzy, with a few white splotches. He had big, black, soulful eyes. However, he was a mutt, unlike the purebred aces Frank had worked with over the years. But more than anything else, he looked lonely and afraid. Frank wasn't sure if the dog had what it took to be on the silver screen. A trainer could never really tell until he got to know an animal. But he couldn't leave the helpless little dog at the shelter. He didn't know how anybody could. He and his wife took the pup home. They named him Higgins, and Frank began training him right away. He knew from a lifetime of experience it was important to start young. To Frank's surprise, the puppy was smarter and caught on faster than any other dog he'd ever trained. Forget sit and stay, that was remedial. Higgins once jumped in a fishing boat with Frank and pulled the line up when he got a nibble. On land or sea, the little dog had huge potential. In fact, Frank was so confident in Higgins' abilities that after several months together, he reached out to some of his contacts in the business. At the time, he was working on a TV show called The Beverly Hillbillies, the program about a group of backwards country folk who strike it rich and move to Los Angeles required a huge number of trained animals. Pigs, chickens, cows, you name it. By the end of its run, Frank had provided more than 500 performers to the Beverly Hillbilly set and had a very close relationship with the show's producers. Frank often attended tapings to keep an eye on his performers. 
Since there was plenty of downtime on the TV set, Frank asked the producers if he could train his puppy between scenes. They agreed, of course. So Frank divided his time between making sure his pigs and chickens hit their marks and teaching the little dog. Higgins sopped up the training like a sponge. One day, during lunch, Frank drilled Higgins on a particularly difficult routine. The little dog executed it perfectly. Suddenly, Frank heard the sound of applause behind him. Paul Henning, the show's producer, had seen the whole performance. With a huge grin on his face, Henning said, He's perfect. Frank was confused and asked, For what? Henning's response seemed straight out of a Hollywood script. For my new television show. As luck would have it, Paul Henning needed a canine performer for a new series he was producing called Petticoat Junction. And Higgins fit the bill. Without even trying, the little dog had nailed his first big-time audition. Now, everyone would see if Higgins had what it took to make it on television. Up next, Higgins gets the role of a lifetime. And now, back to the story. Higgins the dog was an unassuming mutt when trainer Frank Inn adopted him from the Burbank Animal Shelter but he quickly picked up an amazing repertoire of tricks. And in 1965, Hollywood came knocking. Higgins made his television debut in episode 32 of Petticoat Junction. The spin-off of the Beverly Hillbillies was about a family who ran the Shady Rest Hotel. Eventually, they were joined by their loyal family dog. Higgins first appeared as a guest star in the role of Sheba. He made such an impression that writers bumped him up from guest to regular cast at the beginning of season two. But they nixed the name Sheba and recast him as the unforgettable character simply named Dog. Higgins' first episode as a regular was in season two's aptly titled Betty Jo's Dog, in which the character Betty Jo got a dog. Higgins did a lot of fine work as Dog. In season three, he was featured front and center on the show's promotional poster seated on a table in front of the entire cast. He made crossover appearances on sister shows Green Acres and the Beverly Hillbillies. For each performance, he learned new stunts and tricks. In one episode, Frank Inn even coached him to chase a moving train. Higgins won a Patsy Award in 1966. He was featured on the cover of TV Guide, a publication that covered the era's showbiz favorites. It seemed like Dog owned the television dial. And for good reason. Higgins was reliable and likable. Petticoat Junction went on for seven seasons and the former shelter dog never missed a performance. He also made lifelong friends with his castmates. On the show, Dog had a friendly rivalry with Uncle Joe, played by character actor Edgar Buchanan. The two had a bit where they regularly faced off playing checkers. They crossed over to another program, Green Acres, together. The characters' many appearances meant the performers spent a lot of time together. Before long, Higgins and Buchanan became best buds. Whenever a cast photo was taken, Higgins sat or stood near Buchanan. The actor was one of his favorite people. Other than Frank, of course. Higgins' networking skills and talent meant he saw success after success. He parlayed his television success into the movie business, in a film called Mooch Goes to Hollywood, 
Higgins played the titular role of Mooch, alongside acting giants Vincent Price and Jar Jar Gabor. The movie wasn't exactly Citizen Kane, and Mooch wasn't exactly Rin Tin Tin, but Higgins' star was rising. What's more, he'd made Frank Inn proud, which wasn't easy to do. By now, Frank had trained hundreds of animals. Even his piano-playing pig won a Patsy Award that decade. But seven seasons and a movie is quite the accomplishment for any performer, especially a dog. So by the 1970s, Higgins had earned the right to a quiet retirement. Milk bones, rubber balls, lights, camera, napping. The two pals, trainer and student, had done something special. The credits were ready to roll on the goofy little shelter pup. Higgins spent his sunset years sniffing new smells, playing with other dogs and snoozing under his favorite tree. He was a full-time pet and loving it. Sure, he'd never become a household name, but that's tough to do when the most recognizable character on your list of credits is named Dog. But the one thing America loves more than a rags-to-riches success story is a good old-fashioned comeback. One summer afternoon in the early 1970s, a car rolled down the driveway of the house Frank Inn shared with his menagerie of animals. A young man with curly hair and a shy smile stepped out. His name was Joe Camp, and he was a director. He had a determined glint in his eye, but when Joe told the veteran trainer what was on his mind, Frank thought he was completely harebrained, and this coming from a man who'd spent several weeks teaching a baby pig to play piano. Camp had never worked with animals before. He'd never even directed a feature film. The wiry 35-year-old had made some money directing TV commercials for a small ad agency in Texas, but his dream project was a movie told entirely from the perspective of a dog and he needed a veteran performer to make it happen. One who could really act. He pointed to Higgins, who slept under a tree, and said, that's what I'm looking for. Frank was skeptical. Higgins was 16 years old. He left Hollywood behind. His health was good, but headlining a movie was a lot of work. He didn't know how Higgins would deal with long days, multiple takes, and shocking stunts. But Camp was convinced. He'd seen what the dog was capable of on Petticoat Junction, how he'd bonded with his co-stars. It was why Camp had written the lead role specifically for him, a character named Benji, a mutt who made good. Camp's enthusiasm was infectious. Even Higgins seemed intrigued by the meeting, lifting his head off his paws. He thumped his tail and watched from beneath his favorite tree. Frank weighed his options and finally agreed to Camp's plan. He took three months to get Higgins into shape. Because it had been a while since he'd been in a movie, the dog needed to build up his endurance. Frank drove his motorcycle down long country roads and Higgins ran alongside. Frank set up a ladder and Higgins climbed to the top, splashing into a lake when he jumped down. Frank taught Higgins how to pull a rope up a cliff and chase a stuffed cat as if it were a real one. The pals did everything they needed to boost the old dog's strength for the challenge ahead. And when they were ready, Joe Camp and his crew were waiting. 
Camp wrote, produced, and directed Benji himself. The movie told the story of two children who were kidnapped, told from the point of view of the dog who saves them. It was shot in McKinney, Texas over 12 weeks in 1973. And 16-year-old semi-retired Higgins did Frank in proud. He hit every mark, nailed every scene, cocked his head when he needed to, performed all his canine stunts. He skittered across rooftops, leapt over boxes, snatched kidnappers' ransom notes off tabletops. Higgins even delivered a convincing doggy romance with a white Maltese named Tiffany. The three months of endurance training had served the dog well. Of course, it helped to have a familiar face in the cast. Higgins once more shared the screen with his old checkers buddy, actor Edgar Buchanan from Petticoat Junction. He certainly felt at home with both Frank and Buchanan by his side. And he had other supporters too. The crew adored him. From the cameraman to the chief of security, everybody wanted to get a picture with Benji. But nobody knew whether the movie-going public would love the dog enough to watch an entire feature film about him. Clocking in at 85 minutes long, Benji was released on May 31, 1974. The premiere was at Camp's home in Dallas. Throngs of Hollywood legends came out not only to see the film, but also to contribute to a charity that raised money for homeless and forgotten animals. Doris Day, as big an animal rights crusader as she was an actress, took a photograph with Higgins. She saw him as a living symbol of how an abandoned pet can thrive when given a home, love, and a name. Of course, Frank Inn had known the same for a while. Ultimately, Benji was a smash hit. It was the number two movie at the box office that summer. The only movie that raked in more money featured a man-eating shark from Amity Island. Jaws's villain was a mechanical monstrosity who Frank Inn definitely did not train. The viewing public fell in love with Higgins, or as they knew him, Benji. The famous moniker was everywhere. Magazine covers, paperback novelizations, his debut music album, the story, sounds and melodies from Joe Camp's family film, Benji. Yule Box, the singer-songwriter of the movie's theme song, brought Higgins on stage when he won a Golden Globe. He held him aloft in front of the crowd and proclaimed, This is Benji, our inspiration. Higgins warmed a lot of hearts over the next couple of years. He and Frank traveled to over 120 different cities to meet fans. The dog had gone from actor Higgins, whose motivation was napping under a tree, to superstar Benji, whose face lit up a nation. Everybody wanted to pet him. Of course, the studio wanted more of the emotive dog. Any actor who could compete with a giant man-eating shark deserved a sequel, and director Joe Camp was ready to provide one. Or two. Or twenty. But Frank's wonder dog had already come out of retirement once. It was hard to say if he was up to do it again. It wasn't easy being a cover dog at age 17. That's over 80 in dog years. Once again, Frank had a choice to make. Should he let Higgins retire in peace? Or agree to another exhausting but star-making Benji movie? Ultimately, he came up with a novel solution. He'd do both. 
Up next, Frank and Higgins hatch the perfect scheme to keep the Benji franchise going. Now, back to our story. The film Benji was wildly successful, more than anyone, even career animal trainer Frank Inn, had ever expected. Despite his age, canine actor Higgins performed like a true professional. But after a global goodwill tour, Frank knew it wasn't fair to expect the senior dog to keep working. So Higgins started his second retirement in 1975. But Hollywood kept calling. They wanted a sequel. And Frank couldn't blame them. He'd seen the look in little kids' eyes when they'd met Benji on tour. The plucky little hero with the never-quit spirit really meant something to his fans. The world needed another Benji film. Thankfully, In knew something that the movie-going public didn't. Higgins was a family dog, and he had an understudy waiting in the wings, a daughter who looked a lot like Benji, appropriately named Benjean. You might say she was born to play the role her dad originated. So while Higgins enjoyed his golden years, Benjean took on the role of Benji. Frank Inn, director Joe Camp, and the studio kept the switch quiet. And Benji fans were none the wiser. Benjean inhabited the role perfectly. She knew the tricks and stunts. Frank even trained her to lift her leg like a male dog when she urinated. From For the Love of Benji through Benji's very own Christmas story, all the way up to Benji the Hunted, Benjean carried her father's mantle. She appeared in three Benji films and a 13-episode TV series in which Benji befriends an alien prince and helps him survive on Earth. As for Higgins and Frank, they remained the best of friends. And Frank had a lot of animal friends. Day players, cameos, stand-ins, stars. His career as a trainer was exceptional both before and after the Benji boom years. At his peak, he worked with a gang of more than a thousand animals and had as many as 30 trainers working under him. Dogs, cats, skunks, birds, and cows made up to look like buffaloes. But Higgins had captured Frank's heart, and he charmed the world too. The American Humane Society granted Frank and Higgins a lifetime induction into the Animal Actors Hall of Fame. This was the highest honor they'd ever received. The only dog ever to win the so-called Silver Bowl before Higgins was Pal, a dog Frank had trained to play Lassie. During the ceremony, Frank took the stage, overcome with emotion. The presenter handed him the prestigious Silver Bowl. Frank tearfully held it up to Higgins, who promptly dug his nose inside, looking for food. As well-trained as the little guy was, he was still a dog, which meant he didn't have much time to spend on Earth. Soon after the awards ceremony, Higgins passed away at age 18. But the dog was far from forgotten. His legacy lived on. Today, Benji movies are still produced to critical acclaim. In the 2018 iteration, Handlers switched out director Joe Camp for his son, Brandon, just like they had with Higgins. And in keeping with tradition, the current Benji was discovered at an animal shelter in Virginia. Flea-ridden and with matted hair, 
he'd been found in a grocery store parking lot. Like Higgins, all the dog needed was a second chance. In some ways, that's what the Benji phenomenon was all about. The movie launched a new era for mutts in cinema. According to The Underdog, a celebration of mutts by Julia Zabo, no mixed-breed dog had anchored a movie since Charlie Chaplin's silent A Dog's Life. Benji changed all that. Trainers and directors suddenly looked beyond pure breeds like Lassie and Rin Tin Tin to carry their blockbusters. Today, more than 70% of dogs who work in film and TV are rescue animals. And life imitates art. After falling in love with Benji, more families took a chance on shelter dogs. According to the American Humane Society, the plucky little movie star inspired over a million adoptions. And Higgins' paw prints are still enshrined at the Burbank dog shelter he once called home. As for his trainer, Frank's work with Higgins, Benjean, and countless other animals kept him very busy for decades. If you've seen any of the Air Bud movies, you have Frank in to thank. He also groomed a generation of other trainers, influencing countless future animal performers. Babe the Pig, the 101 Dalmatians, the Chihuahua who hawked tacos for Taco Bell. Many famous four-legged stars were taught by trainers who Frank mentored. The original dog whisperer Frank Inn passed away at age 86 on July 27, 2002. His friends and co-workers remembered him as the father of humane training. He changed the industry with his principles. According to the master, successful animal training was all about kindness and communication, not discipline or punishment. And for Frank, that journey of love and compassion began with a phone call from a shelter about a dog named Higgins, otherwise known as Benji, a dog who changed the world. Thanks for listening to Dog Tales. For more information about Higgins and Frank Inn, we found the article Benji, a Doghouse Hero by Marilyn Bender and Joe Camp's The Phenomenon of Benji by Frank Inn especially helpful to our research. Every dog has his day, and our day is Mondays. We'll be back then with a new episode. You can find more episodes of Dog Tales and all other podcast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite podcast originals like Dog Tales for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Dog Tales on Spotify, just open the app and type Dog Tales in the search bar. Join us next week for another good story about a good dog. Dog Tales was created by Max Cutler and is a Parcast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Scott Stronach, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Erin Larson. This episode of Dog Tales was written by Matt Flanagan, with writing assistance by Maggie Admire. I'm Alastair Murden. <laughs>